It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about the you. My name is Fred Purdue. I am your host. And today we have a bit of a change up here. I have a special guest, Cam Underwood from State of the U. What's going on, Cam? Yo, what's going on, Fred? It's good to be back, uh, you know, hanging out right before uh, a decently sized game, I think, is up on deck tomorrow, no? Yeah, big time game. I mean, it's, the records don't say it, but you know what they say, throw the records out the window. So, you know, Florida State, Miami, it's been Florida It's been Florida State hate week so much for, for some of us. You know, I, I'm rocking the colors, you know, so uh, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. But before we get started, make sure you go and follow the show, Locked on Canes on Twitter. Make sure you go find myself on Twitter. At Fred Produce CFB Cam, drop your drop your Twitter handle, man. Underwood Sports, so my last name plus sports, so you know, because that's who I am and that's what we talk about. But I do add in some, uh, you know, live tweeting of uh, reality TV and things like that. So it's a little bit of sports, a little bit of live stuff. But uh, yeah, Underwood Sports, come come uh, join the fun. So we have some we. Before we get into the meat of this thing, where we're yeah. kind of we're gonna talk a little Florida State. We talk about those guys just a smidge, but we're here to talk about these Canes in this game. We're gonna kind of take take you back throughout the week and get you caught up on everything that's been going on with the program. So, you know, we have Michael Pinckney. He's back from injuries. You know, we have DJ Dallas. He's back from injuries. We had a quarterback that we had a quarterback that's named and. That was huge. You know, we've had players that had former players that are coming out comparing quarterbacks to greats like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I don't know about that just yet. So we have a little bit to kind of unpack. So we can kind of start with that one. You know, Jaron Williams was named as the starting quarterback. That was huge. What are your thoughts on that one? I thought that that was coming um, ever since the Pittsburgh game. I even tweeted it out like immediately after the game uh, when Jaron Williams came off the bench and led Miami back to victory. I said, look, uh, he's going to start against Florida State. Manny Diaz might as well have come out and said it immediately post-game on Saturday. I didn't really think that there was much to see. Um, I'm a huge Nicosi Perry fan, but he wasn't good enough. Uh, and he had a performance that was like, you know, when I said Jaron needed to get pulled against Virginia Tech, like when I said previously that Malik Rozier needed to get pulled the last couple of years, Nikosi Perry's performance at Pittsburgh was pretty much the same. So even though I am a fan of Nikosi Perry, um, I cannot sit here and say he should continue to start. Uh, so I think it's the, the wise decision, um, especially because Florida State has struggled to cover the short, quick passing game. And that's something that Jaron Williams excels at. So it's a little bit of Nikosi abdicating the throne, Jaron stepping up, and Jaron's skill set fitting something that can challenge Florida State. For all those reasons, I think it's the right move. I agree with you. I mean, you're in my playbook a little bit. I don't know if I need to, you know, call Bill Belichick. You might be learning some things. I don't know. So, um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, Jaron Williams is the best option. I've said it since the beginning of the year. He's the better pocket passer. He's the guy that... Manny Diaz wants, not necessarily what the last regime, the Mark Rick regime wanted. You know, they want that. This regime really wants that pure pocket passer who may have a little bit of athleticism. Jaron is, he's a decent athlete. I saw him take off a couple of times against, against Pitt, and I said, oh, whoa, back up. This is a little bit different. I didn't see this coming, but he even said he needed to use his legs a little bit more. I saw that part of his game in high school, but haven't seen it now. And I and that's all sometimes coaching. They want these guys to stay in the pocket and use their, their arm talent. They're protected back there, so why not use it? So, uh, But that that's a huge call. I don't think you should have to wait 
this this long to have to do that because quite honestly, Nikosi's just not good enough. I'm just gonna call it how I see it. Malik, like well, you said. I'm gonna push back on that. He is. The thing about it is he's inconsistent because the floor is so low for Nikosi when things are going wrong, like we saw against Pittsburgh. But the ceiling is sky high. Look, I remember that second half against Florida State last year. I remember when he came off the bench at Virginia Tech, uh, against Virginia Tech this year, and I saw that. So there's a duality of the player that is Nikosi Perry. And I think that is more the thing than him, quote-unquote, not being good enough. Because he has the size, athleticism, and arm talent to be a Miami Hurricanes quarterback, unlike other people who have played quarterback here recently, Malik Rozier, who (laughs) didn't have those things. So I'm not going to say that he's quote-unquote not good enough. It's just when when he's bad, it's terrible. And when it's good, it's great. But we're not necessarily – Miami's not running the offense that would maximize Nicosi Perry's skill set. They're not running a tempo spread system. But when you saw against Florida State last year and against Virginia Tech this year, when you went to that kind of a system, you kind of take off some of the constraints, you go a little faster, you let them throw the ball around, you see this amazing player – but then again, that's not Daniel Enos's offense. That's not the tempo or spacing that they want to go with. Therefore, the offense that they want to run, it, uh, it suits Jaron Williams' skill set a little bit better. So I will say that there have been times that Nikosi has not played well enough. I'm not going to sit here and try to say otherwise. But I'm not going to say he's not good enough. It's just the inconsistency. And that's what makes him, yeah, you know, back on the bench. Okay, I can I can go with that because if we were talking about the intricacies of the quarterback position, yeah. I think there's a mismatch here because you're working with another guy's players and that's what Manny Diaz is dealing with right now. He's having to work with another guy's players on offense and he has his guys on defense and it, it, some folks they like Nikosi. I'm not really a Nikosi fan for what we're doing, what we want to do. This is more of a pro passing offense. You want to see more of what we saw. I think the expectation is w- that Jaron is supposed to be Tua, and it's not. He's not. I mean, you don't have nearly the weapons that Alabama does. And one day, could that happen? Sure. So I, I, this is this is going to be an evolution, and we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm. I have a little bit of confidence going forward knowing that Jaron is not going to throw three interceptions again. That's rare. Even for a young quarterback, that's really, really rare. But, you know, the running game, and we can kind of go with that a little bit, the running game is going to get a bit of a boost back with DJ Dallas coming back. And he's he's he was actually uh, described as a late – uh, a mid to late round pick by an NFL exec. And he, there were some other comments about this team, but the talent level was low and he was part of that. But I think DJ Dallas is the shot in the arm that this Hurricanes team, especially offensively, needs. Yeah, you know, and DJ Dallas has a, you know, multifaceted skill set. Um, you know, he's not the fastest, but he is super quick in short areas. He will make guys miss. Uh, and you've seen in some of these long runs this year that he won't quit. You know, even when, you know, against Virginia Tech, they thought they had him dead to rights, you know, whatever, not running for any yards. Boom, he's gone for 62. Against Florida, he hit him for 55 on the same kind of a thing when, you know, C.J. Henderson, you know, didn't want that contact because he's not about that action. Uh, And then uh, D.J. spun out of that tackle and he left, uh, you know, and scored a touchdown. So, you know, D.J. Dallas coming back is a big addition, I think, especially because he can catch the ball so well. So that gives the offense uh, the ability to be more multiple. So you can come out in, you know, I formation, quote unquote, um, personnel package, but then you can spread everybody out. Again, Miami did that in 2014 
down at Hard Rock Stadium. And that's when they hit that touchdown to Clive Walford up the seam. They came out in an I formation set, but they ended up aligning in five wide, and Florida State wasn't ready for that. You can do something like that with DJ Dallas in the game. Uh, Cam Harris, uh, you know, is another very good running back, uh, arguably the strongest guy on the team, pound for pound. Uh, and he, you know, uses physicality really well, is also fast and quick. And then, you know, the receivers, there's just. There's so many of them. You get Jeff Thomas back from a suspension. K.J. Osborne is just a, you know, 23-year-old professional, uh, fifth-year senior as a transfer. You know, Mike Harley starting to make some plays. D. Wiggins starting to make some plays. Um, Brevin Jordan making plays. You know, Will Mallory has the, uh, excuse me, ability to make plays, even though he hasn't really uh, impacted the stat sheet like that. So, yeah, getting D.J. Dallas back does add to uh, the firepower on offense, and that's really going to be key because Miami's top-level talent across, like, the starting lineup on offense and defense is good enough to compete with the Florida State and with most teams. It's when that depth is really challenged. But when you get D.J. back, that adds to the top-level talent. So I think that's a good thing. Now, we know what we have coming back, but – you know, I've always said, even in my time as a former coach, I've always said, know your opponent as well as you know yourself. So we're going to talk a little Florida State. And so most of you will probably say, nah, this isn't for us, but you need to know your opponent. So we're going to talk a little Florida State in a second. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com locked. All right, so Florida State, we have they're, – they're the other people up north. They play in Hard Rock North. We all – we talk a lot of junk here. So, But let's understand this team. You have a quarter, a transfer quarterback and Alex Hornibrook who came in for, uh, Frank, for uh, a time. And for me, when I look at him, he's a game manager, quite honestly. Um, I look at Cam Akers, probably a top – three to five running back in the country. One of the best running backs I've seen coming out of high school. Um, But what else does this team have? Offensive line, not all that great. Receivers are chirping. Ah, Receivers are chirping, guaranteeing wins. Backup running backs are guaranteeing wins. What say you about this team? Are they warranted? Are we supposed to be afraid of this team a little bit, or is it all just smoke and mirrors? I've always said, you know, respect all opponents, but fear none. And if there was a Florida State team to fear, this is not it. That 2013 team with uh, number four at running back and number five at quarterback, that was a fearsome team. Uh, But this one is not. 
Uh, you know, you have a guy who has five catches for 15 yards in his career against Miami, talking about, oh, Miami's defensive backs are nothing special, then where are the numbers? You know what I mean? Uh, backup running backs guaranteeing victories. You, you don't even play because you've got a superstar, a, a legendary generational talent in front of you. You know what I mean? So, like, the guys on the bench, it's really it's easy to chirp from the cheap seats, so I'm going to discount all of them. There is talent on this squad. Um, you know, 61% blue chip ratio, according to Bud Elliott at Banner Society. Um, you know, there, there are four-star and five-star talents all over this roster. Oh, not all over, but, you know, sufficiently all over the roster. Um, one of the more talented teams on recruiting rankings that you will ever see. Uh, and I believe that will be borne out because Miami has similar talent. Uh, so there are players to be concerned about. Cam Akers, number one, or number three, um, is, the, is the number one guy. He just is. You know, they... He's one of the best high school running backs that you know, come out in the last 10, 15 years. Uh, is one of the you know handful of best running backs in the country. Uh, they went with a wild cam package last week where he was in the wildcat thing. Uh, and they're even – I talked to a couple people. They said, look, honestly, the best starting quarterback would be Cam Akers in the wild cam package and just make Miami deal with it because you have – just like in a high school kind of a situation, your best player has his hands on the ball every single play. And – that's a thing to worry about because, you know, he had 121 yards as a freshman against Miami. Um, he's been favorably compared to Dalvin Cook by some. I think that's a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit much. That's a little bit much. Uh, but he's really good. Like, don't, don't get it twisted. Like, Cam Akers can win this game if Miami's missing tackles like they did early in the year. Uh, he's someone to be concerned about. Um, Tamori and Terry also. Love he doesn't him. have a. Um, love him. I don't say too he, much about guys, but I love him. Right. He doesn't have a full vocabulary of routes that he can run, but the routes that he goes vertical, mm-hmm. those seven, eight, nine routes, those flags, posts, and corners, and uh, go routes, dude, he is just, I mean, he's a beast. He's a monster. Um, he is. So that's a guy that you got to worry about. Um, and I really don't care about it. And I know it's kind of a slight to him, but I don't want to see Trajan Bandy on Tamori and Terry. No, not Because Tamori and Terry is 6'4". Bandy's 5'9 on a good day on his tippy toes. And that's just a matchup where, you know, Terry has made his, well, proverbial living and will actually make his living by, you know, stretching the field, jumping over people, you know, mossing them, jumping up and getting the ball and taking it for a touchdown. So I don't want to align with a guy who has, who's giving up eight inches in height uh, to him. I don't want to see that. So DJ Ivy and Al Blades, uh, maybe even, uh, you know, Bubba Bolden or some of those safeties and combo coverage. Y'all got to figure it out uh, where 15 is uh, out there. So on offense, those are the guys really, um, did you want to stick on offense or flip over to defense? Let's stick on offense a little bit. Okay. So, t- just I'm going to throw this comp out there. I've seen I've seen Tamori and Terry since last year. I, he just kind of he was a blip on the radar. I heard the name. I said, "Oh, he's just a, another tall Florida State receiver." And then I saw the film and I said, "Oh, Josh Gordon!" Like really quickly, like not Patriots Josh Gordon, but Browns with no issues, no alcohol, no nothing. Josh mm-hmm. Gordon. That's who I see. I mean, he can't really his like you said his route tree is very limited, but the route tree that he runs, he's really really good at it, and he will run by you. I mean, he's running by his own guys, and you know, Florida State has some good, they have some fast corners. I'm not gonna say they have good corners. There's a difference, and he's the guy. He's the game breaker. I and I really don't see anybody that can check him one on one, but put that safety help over top. 
just maybe. I don't. I mean, if he has to, if he's going over the middle, make him pay for it every single time. Don't get. Please, can I have no targeting penalties? I'm asking the refs now. Keep, oh, we're getting one. Oh yeah, we're getting one. You know we're we're getting, getting one. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and he's a taller guy, and I, I have, I've said this over the last few weeks. I've said, look. Ari Carter's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. He's an old-school throwback safety. Sean Taylor, every time, rest in, rest in peace to his soul. He he literally just smiles every single time Amari Carter takes someone's head off, and I love it. I love that brand of football. I don't like concussions. I like when you play smart football, hit what you see. But you have to make him work for that, and you also have to make Cam Akers, you know, you have to make his life tough. Uh, Hornerbrook's not pushing the ball down the field. I mean, James Blackman might, but Hornerbrook's not pushing the ball down the field. So it's going to be on that front seven, Greg Russo and company, to really make his life a living hell. No, it is. Um, sorry, I got a plane coming over my house. Um, like right over the house. Oh, my God. Huh. Anyway, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be key to, you know, make – Terry and all of the wide receivers feel when they're coming across the middle and hopefully those are not targeting penalties and you cannot miss tackles I kind of glossed over that earlier you cannot miss tackles this week you cannot have 29 missed tackles like you did against Georgia Tech otherwise you're going to lose and it might not even be that close Um, you know because we've seen against Florida State we've seen against you know Devontae Freeman who's nobody's speed burner but Devontae Freeman, Dalvin Cook, even Cam Akers, his freshman year, you miss a tackle, these guys are running, and they're not going to stop they're, until they get to the end zone. You know what I mean? So you do really have to step that up. And the defense does, you know, that front seven is going to be key. Floor, I mean, the offensive lines on both sides are pretty bad. So the front sevens on for both Florida State and Miami have to eat uh, for that team to win. Now, I hope that Miami's offensive line steps up in a way that they never have and, you know, are able to block uh, Florida State up front. But Florida State has their deficiencies at, you know, offensive line as well. So, yeah, Greg Russo, John Garvin, I know that he's had a lot of pressures and you know kind of those secondary stats but not the tackle sacks tfls kind of thing i would like him to have those primary level stats this week like you know five tackles three tackles for loss and two and a half sacks for john garvin would be a lovely lovely sight so he actually gets the the tangible payoff for the work that he's done because he's still one of the best defensive ends in america but now instead of being singled up on the left side when the uh, opposing offense is focusing on guys like uh Joe Willis the third and Joe Jackson. Now John Garvin is getting all of the attention of the opposing offensive line. And then, you know, you got that pterodactyl uh, you know, Groot freak on the other side wearing number fifteen and Russo, who's just taking advantage of all of that. So yeah, those guys got to eat. Shaq Quarterman, he talked about, you know, the fact that his record against FSU matters uh, to his legacy. So, hey, you need to not miss tackles. You need to be better in pass coverage and step up and help win a game. Same thing, Michael Pinckney. He's made lots of plays in this series before, but I need you to be at the top of your performance level. Otherwise, I don't know. Exactly. Now, let's flip over real quick to the defensive side for Florida State. Uh this it's a no name group per se. Marvin Wilson is the guy that really catches my eye every it's every single week and it seems like Florida State for the last decade has had somebody in the middle, whether it's Eddie Goldman, whether it's Mario Edwards, now you have Marvin Wilson in the middle. Even Derek Nandi, uh, who now is with the Chiefs, he these guys just seem to make plays on their defensive line 
And it all starts, I always say it always starts right up front. And if they can stop the run, they stop the run game for Miami, which that's what we should be predicating everything on. Uh, if they can stop that inside run game, it's going to be a long day. And Dan Enos even said the last couple of weeks, you know, that stretch outside run game is what they really want to just keep hammering home. But it's just the offensive line has been very maligned lately. And I would, it's, it seems like it's kind of like one of those things where, if an offensive line is if they're young, they don't necessarily want to pass block all the time, and it's a technique thing. When I pay attention, really to that to those tackles, but what gets those guys going? Being physical in the run game. Well, it doesn't seem like they want to be physical in the run game, and it doesn't. It's just completely different. So, um, but those guys, Marvin Wilson in the middle is my guy to watch. If he has zero success, if you double team him a few times, make him feel you just a little bit. I think you got a chance. Yeah, Marvin Wilson, he's going to get – he's going to have some success. I don't think that uh, zero success rate for him on the interior of that uh, Florida State defense is reasonable. I think we just kind of need to mitigate that and not have it be where he's just disrupting everything. But, you know, he's the kind of player who's going to make some plays. He's big, strong, and uh, shockingly fast for a guy his size. Um, so, yeah, you know, he, he is going to make some plays. Um, in the back end, Hamza Nasraldeen – um, at, at free safety. He's just making plays all over the field. He's their leading tackler uh, for Florida State. So he's another guy that you do have to watch out there. And, you know, a lot of these other guys, you know, were highly recruited. You know, they got some defensive ends that were pretty nice. Uh, you know, you got Asante Samuel Jr. out there. You got uh, some Stanford Samuels III. Both of those guys are South Florida natives uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas and Flanagan Senior High Schools, respectively. Uh, so they're trying to, you know, obviously beat the hometown team where, you know, as sophomores they lost uh, last year, their first outing against Miami. So, I mean, yeah, the, at the point of attack, the physical beast that you have to deal with is number 21, Marvin Wilson. And hopefully the run blocking – gets a little bit better, and I was talking about this on a different show uh, this past week, but if you go back and watch, and I have, a lot of Miami's big runs, the explosive runs, have come to the offensive left side. It's kind of crazy because if you think, oh, Zion Nelson is trash and he's missing these pass blocks and da 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 in the run game, he's actually been pretty decent. So him and Von Donaldson on that side. Uh, so you, I want to see if that continues uh, and everything. And, yeah, you know, Dan Eno said the outside zone plays and stretches and things, those are the kind of runs that they want to get going. But the offensive line has not allowed that to happen. That has to happen this week because just point of fact, we don't have the size and strength inside to move Wilson and the other uh, defensive tackles who rotate in and just run up the middle inside zone or, you know, 34 dive. That's just not going to happen. So you have to find a way to get to the edges of the formation because that's where Florida State has struggled on, uh, you know, run uh, run coverage this year. So, you know, you have to try to find a way to get there just like I was talking about, uh, you know, with playing Jaron Williams and he has uh, the ability to complete short passes, which is something that Florida State struggles against. So, yeah, you do need to play to your strengths and then also try to find a way to exploit their weaknesses. Now, I know everyone came here to – they didn't come here to hear about Florida State. I know. I we mean, got, but we're playing them this week. Yeah, we, we have to, to give – we got to give them a little love. You got to give them – the only, the, the only little bit of love I will throw out there, I got to give a shout-out to my, to my guy, my young, my young guy, uh, Brendan Gant, Florida State. He, he comes from Kathleen High School. I'll be nice and give him a little shout-out. I hope you do well, not good enough, but do just enough, just enough to make you have some highlights. But – um. You know, we, we're here to talk about the Hurricanes, so let's talk a little bit about this team and, and some keys to victory. Give me two or three things that if this team does these things, 
you can guarantee a victory? Number one, you have to stop Cam Akers. That's just it. They're going to predicate the offense on him getting going. Um, so that's the number one thing. You've got to stop or contain the run. If he's 80 yards or under, I think that that's good. Uh, anything less than that, that's even better. And I know that Miami's only given up 100-yard rusher in like the last – was it 18 games or something like that? So uh, that could be possible. Uh, but, yeah, you do have to do that. You have to win the turnover battle just because I don't think that this offense has the ability to continually drive the length of the field. So you're going to need um, to get turnovers and shorten that field a little bit. Uh, so those two things. Um, and then you're going to have to hit your shots when they're there. And I don't know if – I mean, and that comes down to everybody. You know, I, I've spoken about it multiple times uh, on this show and other shows. You know, that first drive against Florida, Dan Enos was in his bag with that script. And on that sack, on the, what was it, second down at like the 20-something yard line, Jeff Thomas spun his defender around against Florida and was butt naked wide open in the end zone. But the offensive line didn't block, so Jaron didn't have time to give him the ball. But, I mean, he was wide, wide, butt naked open. You have to hit that shot. You know what I mean? So any of these times that, you know, a play is there to be made, whether it's a screen, whether it's a run, whether it's a bomb, whether it's whatever it is, you got to hit those shots this week. So those are the three things that I think if we do those things, then we'll be all right. Oh, and tackle because we got to tackle. For me, it's tackling, tackling. I need tackling. We have to simple things in space, tackling in space, the short passing game. You have to hit those because they're the defense is going to come up use that as your as an extension of your running game and last but not least the kicking game the third phase of any great football team you have to have great special teams and in this game where it's been this game has been decided by at least three points the last couple years in a game where we've had in a series where we've had games named wide left Wide right, not once, but twice. So, you know, the kicking game is going to be huge in this one. And whether it's Camden Price, Turner uh, Turner Davidson, or Bubba Baxa, God, please don't let it be uh, Bubba Baxa. But, uh, you know. I thought I saw that it was going to be Price. Like yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's going to be Camden Price after what I, the bet the shot heard around the world was that twenty two yarder last week. So, <laughs> so that one's going to be that one's going to be in the minds of everyone. I don't want. I hate kickers. No disrespect to all the kickers. I mean, I hate kickers because they decide their head cases and they decide games way too much. And it's too many things go into it. Just score a touchdown and end the game, please. Uh, don't let it come down to that. But. Those are my three things. But before we get out of here, give me, a, give me a pick. I know this is going to be unpopular. We may have some unpopular thoughts here. But what, is, what say you as a pick for this one? Well, uh, we actually just uh, posted our predictions on State of the U, you know, the, you know, the website that I manage. Uh, and I, I did write one for that. And I said in a couple other places, I just really honestly think last week's team meeting galvanized this Hurricanes team in a way, uh, in a tangible way, and we're going to see the, the fruit of that again. So we saw their perseverance and stick to to earn a tough win on the road at Pittsburgh last week, and I think that that's going to happen again this week. It's not going to be easy. 
um, just because it's Miami and Florida State, and these games are never easy, even if you look back to last year when Miami had a very solid record um, and Florida State did not at the time of the meeting, and even the year before that uh, was more you know, along those same lines. But uh, for me, give me Miami 23-20. to 20. Uh-oh, so here's the, here's the bad news. That was the good news, folks, and well, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. Miami has not started games great throughout this year. The offense has been very lackluster. Yes, Jaron Williams is coming back, but I think the offensive line is still – they are what they are at this point. Uh, for me, I, I think you're going to see some, some fireworks in this one, but there's going to be late fireworks, a, a comeback, but just a little short – I'm taking the Knolls, 38-35. That whole kicking game that I really didn't want to see, I think is going to come back and burn us just a smidge uh, as the Canes start out a little slow and just can't find a way to get, to finish the deal. Uh, so so the over-under for this game is 47. So you're saying at 73 points, the combined total is going to be one and a half times the over-under number? Yeah. Sadly, I – Wow. Yeah. And I hate this pick because I I don't – one, I don't like picking against this team. But I really – I think what I saw from Virginia Tech tells me this team can find ways to score. You know, I found what I saw from from Pitt. I know this team can come back in a game, but the problem is the offense starts way too slow, and it's like you can't. The energy that you're going to expend in a hostile environment is not going to be enough at the end. You're going to run out of gas at the end. The and and partly part of it is Florida State has not been great at keeping leads. That's what's going to give this this whole thing a little bit of hope. Otherwise, it might be a little worse than that because Florida State can score points. It's the problem is they can't keep a lead. Yeah, I mean, they can. I just, you know, the most points that we've given up in a real game is 28 to North Carolina, discounting the 42 to Virginia Tech because we gave them the ball in our half four times. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like. I, oof, but I mean, in, I, I mean, Miami's only given up 19.4 points a game. So you're saying Florida State's going to double that number? It, that, whew, I don't, I don't know about that. That seems like a lot. That seems like that to me. And I, I'm not going to say that it's crazy because it is possible. But remember when I said that to win, Miami has to hit all of their shots. Mm-hmm. For Florida State to get to 38, they have to hit all of their shots. And their trick shots. They're playing horse and they're hitting left-handed bounce shots off the roof and, you know, everything like that. And they're all going in. That's what it ha- I think that's what it has to be to get to 38 points. Well, we will definitely see. Uh, we have may- – let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on, on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. You can also hit me up on Twitter at FredPurdueCFB. Cam, let them know where they can find you so they can – the Noel fans can let us know. The Canes fans can cheer with us when we win this one because – while I may be making a pick, we know where my heart really is. Exactly, man. At Underwood Sports, um, I will be there. Uh, I also, you know, run State of the U, so I will be live tweeting the game at the State of the U, our website's account. So uh, come party on either or both of those accounts, and we will see what happens. Well, for, for Miami, uh, I really hope this one – I hope I'm wrong. I was wrong the last time I picked against this team. Hopefully I'm wrong again again this time, but we will find out on Saturday – Uh, But for myself, for Kim, this is the Locked on Canes podcast, and we are out. Go Canes.